0: My name is Bryce Kala, and I'm a dreamer. Both waking and sleeping, my rich and vivid imagination has been keeping life interesting since I was very little. So I'm going to share those dreams with you, and I'd love for you to share your dreams with me. Let's do this together in a little place that I like to call Somewhere in Dreamworld. My friends and welcome to another episode episode 17 of the somewhere in dream world podcast. This is the podcast about all things dreams waking sleeping and others if they exist. My name is Bryce Kala. I'm your host. I'm not an expert on dreams. But I do have a lot of them, and I love talking about them. And I would love to talk to you if you like to talk about them as well. So that's the purpose of this podcast. And of course, this episode, we have to get right to the sponsors. The sponsor that could have been for this episode is Pianos. That's right. Are you tired of always singing in chant With your friends in the mountains? Well, boy, have I got a way to spice up your music. No longer are you confined to only voice, but now you can use a set of white and black keys. And they are attached to uh, hammers and strings. And together they make Vibrations in the air that are soothing to the ears, provided you hit them in the correct order. Yes, pianos. If you'd like to have a piano, then you must buy one. Uh, In this episode, we're going to be talking about the title track. What does that mean, Bryce? Great question, person asking that question. The title track. Somewhere in Dreamworld. It's the name of this podcast. It's the name of the album. I've been talking about it for years and years and years, and now the album is out. I mean, it came out back in March, but uh, the time has come to talk about the song itself. So, uh, a little bit different episode this week, uh, or this month, rather. Uh, We're going to be focusing on songs. So this is all waking episode of the podcast, all waking dreams. Uh, Stay tuned. There's plenty more episodes of sleeping dreams to come. But in this one, I want to talk about that song. But before we get into talking about that song, first things first, the news. We've got a couple of shows coming up for Midnight Notion. I've been teasing them for a while, but now I can finally say them out loud. Uh, on August 17th, we're playing at the Skyway, opening up for a band called OBB. OBB is the Oswald Brothers. They're coming all the way from Atlanta, all the way up to the Twin Cities. And, uh, you know, if you haven't heard of them, you should check them out. They've got 19,000 YouTube subscribers. They've got 150,000 monthly plays on Spotify. I'm Not saying this is a pretty big deal, but you should probably come to this show. We've got a really good uh, setup. uh, We got a good set list lined up for you, and I think you're going to enjoy the cover song we pull off towards the end. That's all the teasers I'm giving about that. Then on the 29th of August, we're playing at the Caboose once again with a couple of new friends, and of course, the last band of the night is the jellybean Johnson experience if you haven't heard of them you should definitely check them out as well because Jellybean Johnson is uh he used to play for Prince he used to play for the time uh, he's a a, a really well respected musician in the Twin Cities I can't believe I get to share the stage with them it's going to be an exceptional night and we've got a great cover song for that night as well. As far as improv is concerned, I've got Super Showdown coming on Fridays in September and October at uh, Huge Theater. That's a show that I created, uh, and I created it because I wanted to be in this next show, Kabam, which is Saturdays in September and October. So you can basically check out check me out in the show that I wanted to be in, and then check me out in the show that I created before I was in the show that I'm in. Does that make sense? I don't know. Check out Super Showdown and Kabam, Fridays and Saturdays, hugetheater.com. This is the last episode where I get to talk about the Huge Theater Capital Campaign. The campaign ends on September 1st, but don't worry if you're listening a little late. Huge Theater is a nonprofit organization and they will always, always accept your donations. This is the big one, though. The Capital Campaign, we're trying to buy a new building. And by we, I mean the community at large. Uh, if you're a supporter of the arts and you haven't experienced Huge Theater yet, I highly Highly recommend it. It is a wonderful, wonderful place. It's changed my life for the better and it's changed many of other lives for the better. So please, 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 anything you have. Uh, would be more than welcome and anyone you know if there's a lot of people there are a lot of people who work for companies who have matching programs where they will match a certain amount to a nonprofit. so if you know someone if you work for a company that does something similar please 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 give that information to huge theater once again huge theater Com. My last bit of news before the rest of the episode is that I am no longer restricted to time. That's right, in the last episode, uh, me and M.A. just could not stop talking. We got really into that lucid dreaming conversation, and I decided to make it a double episode. It was 60 minutes long. But to be completely honest with you all, I've been wanting to have an even 30 minutes for every episode since the beginning of this podcast, 17 episodes ago, and I just don't quite have the knowledge necessary to make that happen. In my recording program, I have it set to end at 30 minutes even, but then I export it and it says it's 28 minutes, and then I upload it to YouTube and it says it's 30.01, and it's just, it's a different time in different places, and I just haven't quite figured out how to make that an even number. So since it hasn't, it's been the same time for everything up until last episode, um, screw it. I'm going to change everything. I'm going to grow and adapt. This podcast will last as long as it needs to. So if if I run out of content early, I'll end the show early. And if I just can't stop talking, then that's going to be a longer episode. I will do my best to keep it within the 30-minute range, but if things are going really well, we'll extend, and if they're not going so well, we'll shorten. Uh, Just for the sake of having a nice, even flow that no episode feels like it's trudging or being cut off too early, uh, I've decided we're going to wave. I'm basically telling myself I'm waving the restrictions of the 30 minute rule uh, in this episode is the first time that we're going to just see what happens. (laughs) So that's it for the news. And now a little bit different episode. We're going to just jump right to it. It's time to wake up. So let's talk about the title track. Somewhere in Dreamworld, the song that, uh, well, I I guess it's a lie to say that it started it all. But this was sort of the start of uh, me getting out of relationship songs. And uh, experimenting a little bit more with the mind and the brain, and what else? What other content is out there? Uh, I looked through the archives. I looked through all of the things I've created on my computer over the years. And the earliest, uh, the earliest form I could find this in was a pro- There's a program called Tab Edit that I had a long time ago. I was using that before I could record at home. And the earliest version that I had tabbed was from December 7th, 2005. Now, I happen to know just by memory that the song's very, very first form. Um, I was the the piano intro, the dun- dun- dun-, dun 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 dun. That was written in a music store, probably somewhere around o three o four. I can't really peg the date uh, because it was it's not like I just did it and then came home and documented what I did that day. But I remember doing that in the store. And the guy that ran the store uh, kind of turning his head up and going, what is that? There's a little store in New Prague, Minnesota, just a little hometown shop. That's where I bought my first couple instruments, my first guitar, my first drum kit. Or second drum kit, rather. Uh, I was in there and I was just kind of fiddling around on a keyboard and I started playing that. And he goes, hold on a second. And he comes around the corner, uh, around the counter. He uh, grabs some some mallets and he starts going on, doing a wash on a cymbal. Shh. I don't know if he hit another instrument, but it, it kind of turned into a little jam session a little bit. And it was like, wow, yeah, this is a really cool little line. It's very simple, very easy to play, but it, it's there's something to this. And so for years, I remember working at Target. I was pushing stuff, pushing a, a, a cart of whatever, loading up stocking shelves. And I remember just going, dun, 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 dun. and like, how do, how do I use this? Where does, it, where does it go? And I'd write other songs, and I'd write other songs, and every once in a while, this riff would come back. And how, what do you do from there? What do you What's the next step? And eventually, I decided on this idea. I took influence from from Linkin Park, and I think that's pretty clear in the song as it is today. Uh, but maybe in the first version, not quite as clear. But I really liked what Linkin Park did with their songs when they would have sort of that, they have that rapping verse... And then that really aggressive, yelling, screaming, loud guitars, chorus. So you'd have... uh, I'm thinking specifically of the song in the end. It has a really nice piano lick in the beginning. It kind of gets a a nice rap for the verse. It's real low, uh, not a lot going on, just the piano and the drums and the rapping. Uh, and, And then when it gets to the chorus, uh, the guitars just come in super thick. And I liked that idea and I really wanted to capture that. So that's sort of where the music influence came from. As far as the lyrical content, I think it was pretty early that I decided on the name somewhere in Dreamworld. Uh, Dreams, again, has been a part of my life for a long time and I was really obsessed with it. Probably around this time is when I really started to grasp onto the dream thing. And uh, so I decided somewhere in Dreamworld on the title. I also thought maybe for lyrical content, I would do something along the lines of One by Metallica. Uh, For those of you not in the know, Metallica's song One is uh, based on a story called Johnny's Got His Gun, I believe, or Johnny Gets His Gun. Uh, It's a story about a person who goes to war and is blown up by a landmine, uh, loses limbs, uh, loses sight, loses hearing, can't speak. There's, It's basically uh, this character ends up as just a body and there are people around him and he can hear the voices, but there's literally no way to communicate. He can't squeeze his his toes or his fingers because they've all been amputated. And he can't, uh, he can't respond with voice. He can't respond with eyes. He's basically just a body and a mind. And it's just the most terrifying idea, the pretty much the scariest uh, situation I can think of that a human could experience. So they wrote that song about that situation. I wanted to take influence from my major influences and do something similar instead of someone who went to war and got blown up. I wanted to get into the mind of somebody who was in a coma. So I wrote somewhere in Dreamworld initially thinking what would the person in the coma be thinking? Now, keep in mind, keep in mind this is 2005. This is about an 18-year-old Bryce uh, doing his best to assume what a person in a coma would think, knowing that also I've never met someone that was in a coma. I didn't do any interviewing. I didn't really do any research at all. I just guessed using the vocabulary that I had at the time. So, I would like to play for you. This is going to be real interesting. I'm, I want to show you the before and the after version of the song. I'm going to play for you the very, very first recording that I could find. Now, I said I had a tabbed version in 2005. But I got into uh, the Institute of Production and Recording. That's where I went to school. It's an audio production recording uh, college, a technical college in Minneapolis. And when I was there, I suddenly had access to all these studios and all this recording equipment. And my first thought was, I am going to record the songs that I've been writing for years. And I'm going to put them out in an album. And that album is going to be called Somewhere in Dream World. So again, this is 2005-ish is when the idea even came to turn it into an album. Uh, This recording is from September... Well, I don't know when the recording process, who knows how long it took, but the first mix that I have to share with you is from September 18th, 2006. Uh, I apologize to your ears in advance. This doesn't hold up well, but here is, without further ado, the very first recording of Somewhere in Dreamworld. Do your best to make it through. I promise it gets better from here. thing i've always really really enjoyed doing is looking back on what i've done in the past and recognizing how far i've come just in the time since uh this is one of those moments where i hear that and i just ugh, i cringe uh the just the mix is awful there's this weird middle uh frequency that's just kind of like the guitars just oh they just remind me of the early 2000s and not pop radio either i'm talking early 2000s local musicians first learning how to put things together it's it, it It's a mixture of emotions. It's some good, some bad, but overall, it's a good reminder of how far we've come, how far I've come. I know that when I hear that, I go, wow, I'm so glad it is what it is today because that, so let's talk about what happened. Uh, I listened to that and I can immediately recognize that I wanted to do way too many things with uh, with this. And I, I just made as much noise as I possibly could because that's what people are interested in, right? They want to hear as many things as possible. So here's this piano riff, but what if there's a guitar solo over the top of it? And we'll just make the bass just move all over the place. We'll add three extra harmony guitars just because. And it's just layer upon layer upon layer of really truly unnecessary nonsense it doesn't need to be there so now I've matured in my songwriting to know that there are parts in your songs where maybe the guitar shouldn't play for a while hang out for a bit let the bass do its thing and then come in where it's more important so just little things like that in the song yeah, those of you who've already heard the album, the new album, the the correct, the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the canon version of the song. Uh, those of you who have heard it, you might have already noticed a couple of differences. but actually, musically speaking, not that different from what it is today. The intro, uh, I, the, I had this whole guitar solo thing in the intro that's no longer there. Uh, I cut that so that we can get right into the meat of the song sooner. Uh, the There is an extended outro now that has a little bit more piano and singing, uh, a la uh, what's a good song to reference. I guess Bohemian Rhapsody would be kind of the feel for the ending of the current version. Um, uh, as far as uh, the, the soul, the, the solo that remains, uh, stayed mostly the same, but there's a few notes at the end. Uh, there's some stops and starts throughout the song and, uh, a big one I really want to call out is the fact that, well, the words are completely different. Uh, we'll get into that, but the delivery of the words and the verses in the first version of this song, and actually for several versions uh it was just spoken word it wasn't rapping it was me just talking it was that where does your mind go when you finally lost your way you know and i thought that the reason i decided to go that route instead of rapping is because i felt like i wasn't in a place where i could comfortably call myself a rapper i felt like i was a rocker I think some of it might have had to do with wanting to really capture this coma idea that I had. And so I felt like maybe uh, this aggressive rap style didn't fit that. Maybe I should pull back and be more introspective, if you will. Be a little bit more just, what happens when you're laying here and you're thinking? And I think that's really what was on my mind. But, uh, did it work? No, (laughs) I don't think it ever really worked, but you know, what's really funny about that is it stayed that way for years and years. I'm talking, I mean, okay, so this recording is 2006, right? The recording that is now out came out in March of 2019, but the record, the actual recording process was happening in 2018 last year. Uh, up until I actually, up until days before I recorded the most current version of Somewhere in Dreamworld, days, maybe weeks at most, the song was still intending to have that sort of talking, whispering feel. So we're talking 10, fi- almost 15 years that this song existed. Is my math right? 2005, 15, yeah, almost, almost 15 years that this song existed that I was keeping that sort of spoken word version. And uh, here's a funny story. The reason why I decided, you know what? No, I can rap the verses. The reason I decided that was I was actually hired at work. I was, re- I was working as a video production uh, person. I was doing a lot of video editing. And someone asked me, you're a musician. Can you write a rap song about an atherectomy device? <laughs> and that's about the most random request I think I've ever had. But I did it anyway So I wrote a rap song about an atherectomy device uh, Which is not something I knew about But I did the research anyway And I put together a song And I didn't perform the rap myself But I wrote it and so I felt pretty good about that. And a few other clients caught wind of this little uh, thing that we put together, this little music video. And a second client said, hey, we want a rap song for our retirement program. And you can actually watch that on YouTube. I'll set. I'll put the link in the description. But uh, that's a company called Sageglass. Their program was the Retirement Accumulation Program. So R.A.P. was the acronym they wanted a rap song. So I decided to write a rap song. So I actually got hired by two different companies to write three different rap songs. And it's it felt like it was out of my wheelhouse. But after those three songs that I did, I felt like, hey, you know what? This is something I can do. I have this skill set. Why shy away from the influence? Again, Linkin Park as the influence. Why shy away and pretend like that's not what it is? Why not? double down go all the way in and make it what it's truly supposed to be so part of deciding to go with a rap uh, I had to go through some lyric changes so I I started looking at the song but why lyric changes why couldn't you just rap it the way it was Uh, if you go back and listen to the song there aren't a lot of words in the verses and there is it just it kind of uh, for lack of a better word, it trudges, and that's one of the words I used in the new lyrics. Um, it trudges along. It's a very slow-moving pace. That that verse, that in the verse, it just it it takes so long. And when all you're saying is, "Where does your mind go?" You have to wait so many beats before your next line. It's just it's too long so when you when you decide uh, that you're gonna do rapping, you the first thing that came to my mind anyway was that more I need to fill the space with more words give a little more meat to the meaning behind the song and a little more weight to the subject matter and really really fill it in with some nice rhythmic uh, you know just just some rhythm give it some rhythm give it some movement some flow you know really flow with the song because without the flow it's just kind of eh it's it's aight, it's okay and uh, so I started looking at the lyrics Now, I have the old lyrics written down in front of me, and I'm just going through them, and I'm going, yeah, this is clearly, clearly written by an 18-year-old. And then I started thinking... Well, let's go back. Uh, The influence. Linkin Park, uh, when Chester Bennington died. Uh, For those of you who don't, who aren't familiar with their work, uh, you should be. It's very good stuff. Uh, But it's okay if you're not into that. Um, Chester Bennington was uh, the voice of the band, and he committed suicide in 2017. And it it affected me more than i thought i wasn't following the band i never got to see them live i didn't own any of their records but i really appreciated what they did on the radio and the little movie spots they got here and there i liked the music that they made and this they really really influenced this song so when chester died it kind of hit me and i i'm kind of i'm i'm affected by it because Uh, Depression sucks, man. I'm not clinically prescribed as depressed, but I have little bouts of depression and I recognize that it's not a fun place to be in. And it makes me really sad to hear that there are people out there in the world who don't know who to reach out to, who don't know how to get the help that they need. And there are even more people out there who don't realize that their closest friends and family need some sort of help, whether it's just talking about it, uh, talking about their day or something deeper. There's so much help out there ready to be there for you, but... Sometimes you just don't know where to go. And so seeing someone so creative and so strong and iconic uh, take their own lives, uh, it's just it's that's depressing in itself. And and I worry about people in that place. You know how many other people are are experiencing a level of fame where they have thousands, millions of people looking up to them, hoping. Oh, I wish I could meet them someday. Uh, but in on the inside, that person is just uh, saddened to the core. And it oh, it just made me it made me feel all the feels. And I started realizing, you know what. Uh, Bryce, you don't know anything about comas. I didn't do any research about comas. I don't know anybody that's been in a coma. Why am I writing a song about a coma? What does this really mean? Maybe the song should be about dreams. Maybe it should be about nightmares. And then I realized, no, this song is about depression. This song is about the weight of the world dragging someone down, and it often feels like you're trapped in a nightmare, and you just can't break free. And it is a really troublesome place to be in. And I apologize for bringing the mood of the podcast down, but it is a really important subject. And I feel like society is finally acknowledging mental health as an important thing to take care of. We're finally forgetting about that old way of just repress, 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 uh, deal with it later, let it bottle up, All of that is going slowly out the window, at least I hope so, I feel so. And so, again, anybody listening at home, if you have any issues, you can definitely reach out to me. I want to be here for you as much as I can. I know that I've been in places, I've been, I've had days where I didn't know who to reach out to, so I turn to music, and I use my powers of music making to hopefully spread this word out as far as I can, and hopefully my music can bring some sort of positivity into someone else's life. Maybe we can make a connection that uh, we didn't realize that we had and through the power of vibrations of sound uh, we can have a little bit of uh, release a little bit of at least something light in the day uh, yeah that's what I got I, I realized that I know more about feeling down than I do about comas so that was the twist that I needed that was the little kick that I needed to say Okay, these lyrics are changing. This is the time. The song is now about depression. And yes, I can rap. Dang, damn it. So I'm gonna rap. So that's what I changed in the song. Uh, So now you've heard the explanation where it came from, where it went to. I'd like to present to you a, the, the current version of the song. Uh, actually, a fun fact, uh, the beginning sounds like the intro to this podcast, but it's technically a different recording. If you listen real close, you can tell that the drum sounds, the guitar tone, and the mix is slightly different. But it is very, very close to the intro of this podcast. Obviously, the intro of this podcast is the song Somewhere in Dreamworld. It was just recorded before I finished the album. So that's just a little fun fact for you. A uh, couple of lyrics in the new version that I want to call attention to. There's a line where I say it's been a hell of a year. That is in direct reference to the long process, the the fact that uh, the recording process was taking so much longer than I had anticipated. It's also the search for bandmates and the just assembling of artwork and all of the. It just it felt like it was a lot on me. It. Also is a reference to the first year of a certain president in office, which I will keep off of the podcast. But just know there were a lot of people having a lot of issues with a lot of things in that year. So that's what that reference is. Um, I, I used the word worthless at one point. That is a word that I've struggled with a lot of my life. I've felt worthless in a lot of things. And oh, well, I've I've. That's the word that I've placed on my uh, down days. When I'm feeling down, it's mostly because I feel like I haven't been contributing what I can contribute. And I feel like people don't want me to contribute to their things. So the word I came up with for that demon is worthless or worthlessness. So whenever you hear me use the word worthless, it's it's not a very good day for me. Uh, but uh, don't uh, don't fret just yet. I'm feeling good today. I'm having a good day. I'm having a good week having a good month. I have a new job. I have a great uh, podcast. I have a great band and I have a great song to talk about. So things are feeling up here. I hope the mood isn't too down for you listening to the, We've had a lot of downer episodes lately, uh, but I just like to call attention to these things to make them known, to throw them into the universe. Uh, the last thing I want to call attention to is my very, very specific, intentional reference to Chester to pay, my tri- to pay my tribute to the late singer of Linkin Park. Because he was such a huge influence on this song, I wanted to include him in some way. And the, the way that I chose to do that is by incorporating the words, It's so heavy. All right, and now that's a very specific, minor detail. But Linkin Park on their, I think their most recent record before before Chester's death had a song called Heavy. And in the chorus, uh, he sings, Why is everything so heavy? And I saw, I think just right after his death, there was a video of him singing that with just so much passion. And you could feel the words just... Bleeding out of his—that's actually a Linkin Park reference. Did not intend to do that, but you could just feel the emotion coming out of him, and it was such a—it's such a weighted performance, and it felt so real and just oh. Uh that that I really identified with that. Why is everything so heavy? I've been in that mood so many times. So in order to uh, show that I connect, I empathize, I feel for you, uh, Chester and family of Chester and friends of Chester and anyone who was a fan, I feel for you, I'm here for you. I empathize with what you're going for, uh, with what you're going through. And I hope that together we can make it through. Uh, maybe music can help us through that together so without further ado the real the canon version of somewhere in dream world from the album somewhere in dream world presented here on the podcast somewhere in Dreamworld. enjoy I cannot be saved Wow, just wow. I know it sounds a little bit like I'm patting myself on the back, but if you would just listen for a moment about uh, the, to the difference between 2005 and well, I guess the recording 2006. And 2019, the difference between those two recordings is outstanding. Oddly enough, like I said before, musically not super different. Uh, The piano solo is almost exactly the same. The guitars are barely changed except for the solos. And the structure of the song is pretty much the same as well. But just from all angles, performance of the vocals, performance of the instruments, just less noise and more dynamics. It just it feels much more mature. The song feels like it actually has meaning. It's not a made-up story about a made-up person. This is a real-life situation that many people experience, and it's something that I'm really proud to call... Uh, A piece of art that I did I'm very, very, very proud of this song I'm very proud of the album And I'm so, so very proud of this podcast So with that, I leave you On this episode, number 17 of the podcast With just a nice little story about a song This episode could have been brought to you by Pianos Get yourself one today And play a nice little solo on that sucker in the next episode, we're going to return to sleeping dreams. So submit yours by email at podcast at or phone them in and leave a voicemail at 612-643-0944. I will get them on this podcast and we'll be talking about those dreams. And until that happens, my friends, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your listenership. Please Sleep well. Dream well and be well.